Well, as we wrap up this series, The Lord Bless You, I want to say it for maybe the final time in a big, big way. The Lord bless you. In fact, why don't you look at your neighbor and tell them with a smile on your face, the Lord bless you. Come on, bless somebody near you this morning. It's a beautiful day, and I hope that it's making you more inclined to declare the blessings of God over somebody's life. The Bible says this. It's one of my favorite verses. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that's what I'm going to seek after, that I will dwell in God's house, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You know, this is really important because whenever you come into God's house, and when you get around God's people, and when you feel the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, it helps change your perspective. You know, today I'm thankful to be here today because I'm reminded just how blessed I really am. And then another thing that happens is as our perspective change, we're reminded of the fact that God is in control that God's in charge, that he's got the whole world in his hand, and he's got my life and your life in the palm of his hand. And you know, in the last 48 hours, there have been some things that have started to happen around the world that if we would allow ourselves to sit around and to think on it and to focus on it, it might create a whole lot of anxiety it might create a whole lot of feeling of uncertainty and worry. But today, I just, in God's presence, I want him to quiet my mind and quiet my heart. And I want him to do the same for you. I don't know what kind of week that you've had. I don't know the things that you have been facing. But can you just take a deep breath with me right now and breathe in the presence of God and just allow him to put you at ease for the next few moments so that you too can be reminded of how blessed you are and so that you too can be reminded that he's got your world in his hands. He's a good God here today. And my name is Jason Bentley. I serve as the lead pastor. And I just wanted to take a moment to welcome you here today, particularly our VIPs, those of you that might be visiting with us for the first few times. Thank you for being with us today. Our hope and prayer is that you go out of here just filled with hope and encouragement that this time together and in God's presence really speaks to you and gives you the strength to carry on in the purpose and the potential that God has put on your life. Our vision as a church, and it's been this ever since we launched our church just two years ago, is to make life matter for all people. And we just want you to know that you're here for a reason and for a purpose. God has destiny on your life. And today we're just wanting to speak into that so that you can go out there and be everything that he created you to be, everything that he died and he rose again for you to be. So I'm thrilled that you're here today. And right now as a church, we're in just a great season. We're in the middle of our fall semester of small groups. And I wanna encourage you that if you haven't signed up for a small group, please go and check out our directory of groups. You can access that at our website. 
You can also download the Waterview app, and the app can be used for a variety of different things. It's a free resource, but our small group directory is there. We also have a digital worship guide where you can follow along with me today as I share the message. All of my verses and main points are there for you to review now and perhaps this week during your devotional time. But with that said, I want to encourage you to go with me to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 32. For the last five weeks, we've been talking about the blessings of God, and today we're going to be wrapping that up. And this last word is based in Genesis chapter number 32. I also want to mention, for those of you that might be new to our church or who might want to know more information about who we are or maybe looking to get more involved, that at the conclusion of our gathering today, we're hosting what's called launch, and we're hosting launch step number one. And launch is really the next step that we want everyone to take if they're wanting to get more information or wanting to get more involved. And that will be at the, the end of our gathering. And so if you have children, child care will be provided. We'll also have some refreshments for you as well. But I'd like to invite you to join us today at launch step number one. But Genesis chapter number 32 says this, when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and he wrenched it out of its socket. And then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. And Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. And he replied, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and you have won. And from this, I want to talk to you today for just a few moments on the subject, the blessing in the breaking. You know, all week I was prepared to go in one direction and over the last couple of days, the Lord really started speaking very clearly to my heart about going in a different direction and to bring you this thought today, the blessing and the breaking. And I kind of wish that it wouldn't have played out like that because what I want to share with you just for a few moments is, is, is a bit of a hard and a difficult word. I wish that I could kick off the message like we did last week with the video of the breakdancing bear because that would be so much more fun and so much more enjoyable. But if we're going to know and have the full picture of, of blessing, we've got to take some time to talk about the blessing in the breaking my 15-year-old my son, my, my sophomore in high school, Dylan, just this past week got a cast. He, he got a cast on his right hand. It was, it was from a, a football injury. And he injured his hand, his thumb specifically, many weeks ago, but kind of kept putting it off, tried to play through the pain. And finally, it got to the point where it was becoming unbearable, and he had to go and see the doctor. And so 
we took him to see the, the orthopedic doctor and as he spent his time there and did his thing there, I started thinking about the, the reality of the orthopedic medical community and how there are many times where, where people, when they go to receive treatment, that the doctor will have to cause harm to the patient. They'll actually have to break a bone in order for them to see that patient through to where they're really needing to be. It's, it's, it's really one of life's greatest conundrums. People go to the doctor, they go to the healer to be broken. That doesn't make sense because a lot of times people, like my son, they'll put off recovery for a long time and they'll try to play through the pain and they'll just develop some, some things so that by the time they actually get to the healer, by the time they actually get to the doctor, it is of a necessity that the doctor does what they do, that they cause harm, that they will re-break or break a bone. But in the right hands, that brokenness is then set up to produce the best possible healing strength and productive functionality. If I was gonna leave a big idea with you here today that we would be focusing on these next few minutes and the thing that maybe I would not want you to forget, it's this. Brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to a breakthrough. Brokenness, and I'm not necessarily today talking about a broken bone or a sports injury. I'm talking about the brokenness that we can experience in life. The brokenness that sometimes we cause ourselves or that others, what they have done has caused us. And we don't like it. In fact, we do our very best to avoid it. But what I hope that you'll see here today is that brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to a breakthrough, particularly if we put that brokenness in the right hands because it will be set up to produce our healing, to produce our strength, and to produce our best productive functionality. Look at what we just read a moment ago in this fascinating story in the book of Genesis. Here, the narrative zooms in on a wrestling match involving God and a man by the name of Jacob. If you're not familiar with the story, what you don't know is that leading up to this moment where God and Jacob are wrestling with one another, we, we read that Jacob was actually a part of a very special family, a family that for four generations had a Midas touch wherever they went. Literally, no matter what the family did, they prospered. No matter where the family moved, they were blessed. 
the whole family, Jacob included, they knew what it was to prosper in life. They knew what it was to be blessed. And by the time Jacob comes of age, he inherits a vast supply of wealth and acquisitions from his predecessors. It had just been passed down the line and each generation more and more and more was added. And as a result, Jacob, he grew up to be very success-driven, very ambitious, very economically aggressive. His quest from early on in his life was to get his hands on whatever thing of value he could, even if it meant him working twice as long and twice as hard for something, even if it meant marrying the right girl for it, and even if it meant cheating his own family for it. He had all the stuff. He had all of the nice things that he could ever hope for. He had children. He had places to live. He had clothes. He had people working for him. And most importantly, he had money, 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 all kinds of money. And we could say, based on our view of blessing, and we've been talking about really the totality of blessing and the many facets of blessing these last five weeks, but if we would view him and his family through the lens that we, we typically view blessing, we could say that Jacob and his family was very blessed of God. However, upon closer examination, we would also see that while externally he had it all, internally he was lacking in many different areas. On the outside of his life, there were no deficits at all, but on the inside, Jacob was bankrupt. So finally, and we, we read it here in this passage in Genesis, finally, Jacob, one fateful day, has a God encounter. And as he is wrestling with God, God touches Jacob in a very unique way. God touches Jacob in a way that actually breaks him. Not metaphorically, not figuratively, God actually touches his leg in a way that, that he's broken. He actually breaks something in his leg so that afterwards, Jacob will forever walk differently. And this happens because as Jacob and God are wrestling with one another, Jacob is crying out to God, I want you to bless me. I want you to bless me. I want you to bless me. And God's way of answering his prayer was to break him. Now imagine that. If you and I got a hold of God and we're crying out, bless me, because we're thinking that blessing is a bigger boat, a nicer house, a job promotion. We're wrestling with God saying, bless me, bless me, bless me. And God says, all right, 
I'll bless you. I'm going to break you. Doesn't that sound like fun? Doesn't that sound like a good time? But it's interesting to me that both God and Jacob view this whole process of breaking as a blessing. And I started, I started thinking that it's very clear that blessing, and it's, it's not something that we think about very much, but it's very clear that blessing isn't about more prosperity, and it's not about more wealth, and it's not about more trips, and it's not about more hookups, and it's not about more moments for our Insta story, and it's not about promotions, and it's not about contracts and deals, but blessing really is about transformation. And in this case, in Genesis, and in all of our lives, blessing is really about a character and a heart and an identity change that makes you walk differently. The next thing that I want to leave with you today is this, my joy, because we think of, of, of blessings bringing joy. My joy is not determined by what happens to me, and it's not determined by, by those types of things. It is determined by what Jesus is doing in me and what Jesus is doing through me. That's why we can say here today that the blessing is in the breaking. I, I want him to work on me on the inside. I want to come out of my situations. I want to come out of my struggles a better person. I want to come out of it more like Jesus. I want to come out of it talking more like him, loving more like him, thinking more like him. I want to be more like Jesus. Broken. Blessed. These, these two words, they don't seem to go together. If anything, they seem to be the exact opposite. They, they seem to be somewhat dichotomous because we all know what it means to be broken. On some level, we've all experienced some kind of brokenness in our life, to be shattered, to feel as though our entire world has fallen apart, or perhaps our world has been blown apart. We've all had times in our lives when we don't want to lift our heads up off of the pillow. We just want to pull the shades. And when we, and when we feel certain that the tears are never going to stop flowing, we've also recognize that brokenness can leave us feeling very empty, a void that doesn't seem to be able to be filled, a sorrow that really can't be comforted. And we would all say, we would all agree that nothing feels blessed about being broken. The most painful and difficult times of my life have been those times when I felt broken. Look, I'll just be honest. I'm not a glutton for punishment. I don't like pain. 
I don't like suffering. I don't like those feelings of brokenness any more than anybody else does. Certain circumstances that I've gone through in my life, certain circumstances that I'm even facing right now in my life, and I know you are as well, they hurt. And at times they hurt so intensely that we think, you know what, I'm never going to heal. I'm never going to feel any differently. I'm never going to be better. However, one of the things that I've discovered through being broken is that after that brokenness, we can experience God's greatest blessings. You know, it's after that brokenness, our lives can be the most fruitful. We can flourish like never before. We, we can live more fulfilled. We can have the most purpose. You know, the dawn, as the sun rises after a very dark and storm-wrecked night is, is pretty glorious. Feeling joy again after an intense period of mourning can be just absolutely indescribable. A blessing can come in the wake of being broken. But this blessing only comes if we experience brokenness fully and if we will take the time to confront why it is that God has allowed us to be broken. And if we will allow God, like Jacob did, if we will allow God to do his complete work in us, blessing is going to follow the brokenness. And the blessing is in the brokenness. Again, that's hard for us to understand. And I knew that for the majority of us, myself included, this would be somewhat of a hard word because we as Americans, I don't really think understand what the Bible teaches about brokenness. So therefore, the last thing that we want in life is to experience brokenness. And what do we do? We'll do everything in our power to run from it, to avoid it. If it's happening, we don't want to let anyone know about it. We don't want to talk about it. We hear a lot of talk about prosperity. We hear a lot of talk about healing. We hear a lot of talk about God desiring our happiness. In fact, right now in, in our culture, in our society, it would appear as though our individual happiness is the supreme pursuit of life. Just be happy. Just do whatever it takes to be happy. Don't let anyone keep you from being happy. Just keep your eyes on the prize. Make it about your happiness. And happiness has become the, the supreme goal. This, this message of brokenness doesn't appeal to very many people. I would say, and I'm going to explain why in a moment, I would say that this idea of the blessing in brokenness only appeals to those who really want God's best. And I say that because God is in the process right now of changing 
what each and every one of us desire, the things that we're pursuing, the things that, that we're wanting and chasing after. He's in the process of changing those things far more than he is in the process of giving us the things that we desire. God's wanting to change the pursuit of our life, not necessarily reward what it is that we've been chasing after. Why? Because God is refining us. God is, is molding us. He's making us into the people with whom he wants to live forever. God's, like he did with Jacob, trying to transform us at a heart level, at a soul level. God did not create us to give us our every whim and every wish so that we could post on our social media how blessed we are. But rather, God created us to bring us to the position where we are going to want to do whatever it is that God desires for our life. He created us for himself. And I imagine that if I asked you here today, do you really want God's best for your life? I feel confident that probably the majority of the room would say, yes, absolutely. And then if I asked you, do you truly want to become who God pre-designed you to become before you were even born? Again, I imagine that the majority of us here today would, would say, yes, that, that sounds pretty amazing. But then if I asked you, are you willing for God to do anything necessary to bring you to total surrender so that he is free to accomplish all that he wants to do for you and all that he wants to make out of you? I wonder then if, we would have such an enthusiastic response. To do whatever? Would that happen to look like what we read about in Genesis? Would that happen to involve some level of discomfort? Would that involve some stretching? Is that gonna, is that gonna include some brokenness? But to have God's very best we must be willing to submit and surrender our all to him so that the Holy Spirit will compellingly and overwhelmingly guide us so that we are and that we become living, walking expressions of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth today so that we look like him, talk like him, act like him, live like him. This doesn't come easily. Even when we yield ourselves fully and completely to God, we're still being refined. I mean, some of you here today, you've been Christians for many, many, many years. And you'd be able to speak to the fact that, yes, God is still refining. He's still working on me because refinement occurs over time and through a, a myriad of circumstances and situations. No person just one day shows up fully formed as a mature Christian. No person makes a fresh start, receives Jesus into their life, and then bam, have it all together. 
walks out of the auditorium perfect with no struggles, no issues, able to get along with everyone at all points and times during the day. We become new creatures spiritually, but it takes time for that to be, to be manifested in our mind, will, and emotions. It takes time for that to become manifested in, in the, the outwardly observed parts of our life. We gotta grow into that nature of Jesus Christ and growth is a process, one that involves setbacks, failures, hard lessons, and even brokenness. Old habits, they're not easily changed. And that's why God's gotta come along and he's got to work on us. That's why again and again, we find ourselves being broken in various ways in our life in order that our old nature might be chipped away so that, that what we used to be can be kind of worked on for a while. A rough spot in our character might be sanded so that an unknown talent might be revealed. The process, as we all know, is painful and it's difficult, but it's good. So I wanted to tell you today, for those of you that feel as though you're in a season where you're being broken or you're coming out of a time where you felt as though you were broken. For those of you that are just crushing it right now and have incredible momentum, I just wanna let you know that be ready because brokenness is gonna come somewhere down the road. But brokenness is not something that we should shun. It's not something that we should avoid at all costs. It's something that we've got to face with faith. If we truly want to be all that God has designed us to be and all that God desires for us to be, we must submit, we must surrender to him during those times of brokenness and allow him to reveal to us why it is that we're going through all of that and what he desires that we should learn from the situation. Do you know that, that brokenness is so powerful? That's why the blessing is in the brokenness. In fact, we see this in Mark 14 and 22. Jesus and his disciples were together celebrating the Passover. But this Passover celebration was going to be different. Jesus was getting ready to be betrayed and then crucified. And then subsequently, three days later, he was gonna rise again. So this Passover celebration had a different tone, had a different flavor to it altogether. In fact, Jesus was gonna be revealing something new to his disciples about what they were doing with the bread and with what was in the cup. Something that they did not realize that it was all about even though they had celebrated it all of their life. Jesus says this, as they were eating, 
Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. So the bread's blessed. And then notice what it says. Then he broke it. It was blessed and it was broken. And then he gave it to his disciples and he said, take this for this is my body. What Jesus is saying to them is, is guys, this Passover is different. This bread is now symbolizing me. It's symbolizing my body. I'm God here in the flesh. I'm God here in human history. And I am blessed. I, I am the one true God. But I'm getting ready to be broken. And I'm gonna be broken so that I can be distributed to all the men, women, boys, and girls in the entire world. But it, but it can't happen unless I'm first broken. And then as all of it plays out, Jesus is then betrayed and he's crucified, buried, he rises again. Do you realize that it was the brokenness that released God's true hope and healing into the world. Had Jesus not been broken, we would not know what it is to have forgiveness of sins. We would not know what it is to have hope for our future. We would not know what it is to have healing for our mind, body, and spirit. It was brokenness that released God's true hope and healing. So thank God for brokenness. Thank God that Jesus demonstrates to us that the blessing is in the brokenness. If you'll just go through the process, if you can just get through the dark hour, if you can just pass through the difficult season, there's gonna be hope and there's gonna be healing on the other side, not just for yourself, but for all of those that are connected to you. The next thing that I wanna leave with you is this. There is no openness. There is no openness where there is no brokenness. You know, as people of faith, as followers of Jesus, as, as the creation of, of, a, of a good heavenly father, our lives should be marked by a couple of things. Our lives should be marked by closeness to God and it should be marked by community with others. And it should be marked by these two things because the closer that we get to God, the more that we understand our need of him. And the closer that we get to people around us, the more clear the pathway to flourishing and living fulfilled becomes. Because the purpose and the potential that God has given you, that is his gift to you. But what you do with that purpose and that potential for others is your gift back to God. So we should be marked, all of us should be marked by two things, closeness to God and community with others. That's why we have small groups. That's why we say it's important to meet in community throughout the week to grow in our relationship with God and 
with one another. But there is no openness where there is no brokenness. We are not going to be close with God and we're not going to be close to other people unless we've experienced some of that brokenness in our lives because our default state is one of pride and one of self-reliance and one of self-sufficiency. And if you view yourself as being the one sufficient to meet all your needs and to provide for you at every level and to be there for you at all times, then you have no need to be close to God and you have no need to be close to others in community. But brokenness is the chief end of humility. It is a life that is vulnerable. It is a life that is submitted. It is a life that is open and obedient to God. It is the surprising road to happiness and fulfillment. And that's why we should not run from being broken. Even though it's not pleasant, it's gonna produce the better life that God intends for us. And those that have been spiritually broken, they're blessed because they will see God's true power flowing through their lives. Culturally speaking, if we look at it through the human perspective, most people, they perceive a broken person as being weak or emotionally fragile. I mean, do you remember the line in Rocky IV, one of the greatest movies of all time? What does Ivan Drago say to Rocky? I must break you. To, to be broken is something that we perceive as as something terrible, the, the worst possible outcome. We view broken people as weak or emotionally fragile, but do you know that when it comes to faith, it's just the opposite. God's viewpoint is very different when it comes to brokenness. In his book, Embracing Brokenness, Alan Nelson writes this. He says, I doubt that people who have ever achieved significance or who have been used productively by the Holy Spirit in ministry have eluded this process of brokenness. And why is that? Psalms 51 makes it very clear. The psalmist writes, you do not desire a sacrifice, or I'd offer you one. If you'd wanted a sacrifice, I would do whatever it took, but the sacrifice that you desire, the thing that you want from me is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. And then the last thing that I wanna leave with you as we talk today about the blessing is in brokenness, is this idea that multiplication sometimes requires subtraction. Multiplication sometimes requires subtraction. 
And think about blessing in the way that you, you typically do. The idea of being blessed is that what we have or what we want is multiplied. Multiplied possessions, multiplied material things, multiplied influence, multiplied whatever. But sometimes multiplication requires subtraction. And we see this in Luke chapter 9. Verse number 16, it says, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up into heaven and he blessed them. You see, Jesus had been preaching at this point a really long time. People were hungry and they were like, what are we gonna do about it? And the only thing they could come up with was this Long John Silver value meal that a little boy had in the crowd that had that had five loaves of bread and two fish. And the little boy said, hey, I'll share. I'll give this. I'll give what I have so that Jesus can use it. And so Jesus takes it. And again, he's got five hush puppies and, and two fish. And the Bible says that he, he holds them up to heaven and he blesses them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. When it was originally brought to Jesus, it was whole, it was complete. But in order for Jesus to do the miracle that he was wanting to do, it, it had to be broken because there's some things that had to be pulled away. There was some subtractions that needed to be made. But as a result, as it's being broken and pieces are being torn off, eventually more than 20,000 people are able to eat. And then there's 12 baskets left over. Do you know that the same is true in your life? You cannot be enlarged and you cannot be expanded until certain things are broken off of your life and certain things are removed from your life because the blessing is in the breaking. And I just wanna let somebody know here today who feels as though you are being pulled apart, who feels as though pieces of you are being torn away you were just getting ready for the next level. I just want to encourage you today to not, to not lose heart, to not give up, to not think as though God has abandoned you, to not think as though God has left you behind. He's just getting ready. He's just getting ready to, to advance you. He's getting ready to promote you. He's getting ready to take you to the place that you've always wanted to go. But, but, but in order for that to happen, there's got to be some subtraction. He's got to remove some things from your life so that you can stand before him and so that he can use your life in a powerful way. Will you stand with me here today? He's just getting you ready for the next level. I just want to encourage someone here today that's just feeling frustrated, feeling as though you're, you're, you're losing it. He's just stripping away the things that need to be stripped away. And at, by the time it's all said and done, 
There's going to be a miracle in your life. You just watch and see. You're going to be better off than you were in the beginning. You're going to be further down the road than you were in the beginning because that's how God works. The blessing is in the breakthrough.